When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Losing Cat <laughs> and then just, you know, a little bit of kind of misfortune here, whether it be ours turnovers or just needed to make a layup or... Uh, so small. It's really small plays. You know, we had got a great stop, and we turned it over on an outlet pass, and um, and you know, just little things like that. You know, I think we're really proud of the guys with the way they kept fighting back, especially on a back-to-back uh, effort was awesome, and um, you know, they really they really rose to the challenge. All right, o- over under two and a half games until Finchy quits. <laughs> He's like, oh man. You know what though? I'm out. On he this. was very smart. Um, first rule of his job, when your superstar throws the outlet pass that gets picked, boys, you do not identify him by name. You only say, yeah. somebody threw a pass and it didn't work. Yep. Like if it's that's a we. A, it's a we. we if we that's a scrubini, to... Ricky's got to do better. <laughs> but Carl, no, no, no. Yeah. Chris Finch, Finchy to us, gets it already. So this is Reckless Speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd. Oh, hold on. Let me try that again. Reckless Speculation Thursday. There we go. Reckless Speculation. And that means uh, we've, we'll take your trade suggestions and decide who says no later on. We'll do old tweets exposed as well today. But our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department and the Scoop Podcast, which you can find on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify. Doogie, give us the juiciest Timberwolves nugget you have in a, in a week of juicy Timberwolves news. I would say this, good morning, gentlemen, that the Wolves had interest in hiring Chris Finch in the offseason before he landed in Toronto, that Gershon Rosas wanted Ryan Saunders to fire a member of his staff because they did not have an opening. Ryan offered resistance on that. It started to play out more and more. Finch is incredibly close with Toronto coach Nick Nurse. He couldn't wait any longer. So that's how Finch ended up in Toronto. But make no mistake, whether it was a couple years ago as associate head coach before David Vanterpool took that gig, or last offseason, Gerson Rosas has tried to bring Chris Finch here for a while. This has always been his guy. So the spotlight is squarely on Gerson now. This is it. I don't foresee Gerson getting another chance to hire a head coach. So if Chris Finch fails... I think everybody is going to get fired. I'll say this much, though, on Finch. Gathering information about him, people who have worked with him, including in Houston, some other spots, 
I hear really good offensive mind, like as a tactician, as a as a schemer, X's and O's, that he is really, really smart. He has cut his teeth over in Great Britain, in the G League, as an assistant coach in Houston, New Orleans, Denver, Toronto. Like, he is prepared for this job. He's been prepared for a long time. The one concern that was brought up to me was, how will he connect with players? So going off what Judge just said, one way you connect is you suck up to the superstar. Like he said last night, that Cat is a good screener. That Cat can test shots. BS. Cat has made some strides defensively. I would say at this point, he's like maybe a notch below average as a defender. He is better now in this small sample size of this season than he has been in a couple years defensively. But to suggest that he can test shots, go back to the third quarter on Tuesday night. Giannis pulls up for a three-pointer. Cat is five feet away from him. If you watch Cat set screens, he is horrible at setting screens. So, like, coaching 101, it's suck up to the superstar. Journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? Chris Finch was lying to us last night in that regard. I can't believe that, Doogie. Hey, so what? what is now um, going to be uh, Glenn's patience here? Because it's going to have to, again, be unfortunately fairly long, I guess. Because I think that this is going to give us the ability to judge Gerson, uh, by extension Chris Finch, but probably most importantly, boys, Cat as well. Like this offense is now going through Cat, and it should. But Cat is now Cat is now going to be the superstar focal point that he should be. Uh, but what's going to be the the patience to allow this to play out? You know, in a good or bad way, but so that determinations essentially on everybody can be made. I think the leash is relatively long, Judd. Like, I don't think if the rest of this year goes south, which, oh, by the way, would be a good thing, so they put themselves in a position to have a 40% chance to keep their draft pick, the draft pick that they owe Golden State from the Russell Wiggins trade. Like, I think the leash extends through next season. Like, let's see how the 2021-2022 season goes. Then we can evaluate, like, April of 2022. I think the Finch leash is, is that long. But I say that more, you know, just based on some secondhand and thirdhand conversations. I've tried to reach out to Glenn. If you've noticed, I mean, Glenn does a lot of interviews. Glenn has not been quoted anywhere the last few days. I certainly have tried multiple times. I know others have tried multiple times. I think at some point he'll talk. But none of us have talked to Glenn to this point. So it's a little bit of guessing on our end. Yeah. I mean, the you you've been covering the the potential sale of this team for a long time and like there's so many factors in play here over the next I would say 6 to 12 months for the Timberwolves what what realistically just in the next 3 months now that the second half of the season schedule is out they're going to play until mid-May and so uh and that that may or may not include a stretch from Delo we all think that he's not going to play but Chris Finch can't overhaul the system Chris Finch can't overhaul the roster um what can Chris Finch do in the next two months to, to give people some hope in and outside the organization, Doogie? Well, I think we started to see it Tuesday night when Towns had a career high in assists. You know, using Cat, you know, running the offense through him at the elbow. You know, like we've seen that the last couple of days. So I think he's going to simplify some things. As Judd said, he will make Cat the focal point of the offense. Not that Ryan didn't, but Ryan started to make Anthony Edwards more a focal point putting the ball in Edwards' hands. Not that Anthony won't have the ball in his hands 
these next few months. But you are going to see, like, put it this way. If you're in fantasy basketball, I'm, I'm in a highly competitive fantasy basketball league. I am going to try to trade for Carl Anthony Towns because he is going to touch the ball a ton. He's going to have assists. Who He's ha- going to have who, rebounds. Who, who, who He's has going to have him? a lot of points. Who has him right now? Yadat? Yadat does not have him. No, Yadat <laughs> has Anthony Davis and some other guys and, and he's like an eighth place in a very competitive 12-team league. So, yeah, oh, his no. team is he's in, not all that good. But, no, he does not. He's in, he's in first place in other categories, though, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's one, I, I think, obvious one that we'll see. I mean, they still need to get a look at Jarrett Culver. I was told he was good to go Tuesday night, and they said he was good to go last night. I think we'll actually see him Saturday against Washington, even if it's for 15 minutes. But, like, we still need to get a book. I think I have the book on him, but – they are still trying to gather the book on Jared Culver, so you will see Culver play. I think Hernan Gomez is going to play more minutes. Gerson Rosa still believes in Hernan Gomez, so you know he got buried under Ryan to, to some extent. I think we'll see Hernan Gomez earn more and more minutes as the year goes on. On Russell, yeah, we talked about that last week before the firing of Ryan. I could now see a scenario where maybe it's more like the six or seven weeks, maybe eight. And maybe when he comes back, it's only 15 to 20 minutes a game. It's not 33 to 38 minutes a game. But I can now see with the coaching change, something that I did not foresee happening during the season. I thought it was it was certainly possible after the season. I just didn't think they'd do it in season. But I think now with the coaching change, I could see Russell trying to find a way to come back for the end of the season. So, Dukes, if if we can do a, a scoop – Throwback here. I got a question. If we could go back in time, okay? After watching Levine score 35 points last night and absolutely dominate the game at times and look spectacular, let's go back to that trade. And who wanted what? And and was there an attempt to substitute Wiggy for Zach instead? Uh, because that that's the trade now that, unfortunately, for this franchise looks absolutely terrible. And this guy has turned himself into an all-star, a legit star, and uh, I can only imagine the difference he would make as far as the Wolves go if it had been Wiggy going to Chicago instead of Zach Levine. Flip's vision has come to full fruition. Flip believed so strongly in Zach coming out of UCLA. Going back to that trade, remember, Zach tore his ACL. Was it middle of the season before the trade went down? That June? Yep. So maybe if Zach had finished that year under Tibbs, Tibbs had seen more, maybe Tibbs would have tried to maybe put Wiggins in the trade. I mean, hey, we all know this. Tibbs wanted to bring Jimmy Butler in. So one way or another, he was going to to, to make that happen. But I think Zach's ACL certainly made it easier for Tibbs to say, okay, you know, Chicago very much rebuilding. Yep. Take Zach. We're holding on to the to the healthier guy. But I can tell you, Glenn Taylor was on the Scoop podcast shortly after the Butler-Levine trade, and he went on the record. You guys can find the audio. It's out there. Glenn Taylor said, Chicago, very early in trade talk, said, hey, we want Andrew Wiggins. The Wolves' response was, he is off the table. <laughs> oh so it was very early in those trade talks oh that God. the Wolves established with Chicago, you are not getting Andrew Wiggins. So then it went from there. In fact, if the Wolves were willing to move Wiggins, mm-hmm. I think there was a decent chance that they would have been able to keep that number seven pick. They then would have taken, as Glenn Taylor said then, 
Lori Markinen. How much would Lori Markinen be helping this team right now? I know he's hurt, didn't play last night, but he is a good player. So remember, they made that swap 7-16 and 16 with Markinen and Justin Patton. So I think they could have kept Levine. They would have taken Markinen. So Wiggins would have gone to Chicago, and there wouldn't have been any any trade there between the picks of 7 and, and 16. So, yeah, mm. in hindsight, 100%. I mean, they absolutely blew that. Zach Levine has turned into an efficient scorer, like last night. Like, there are games when Zach takes 23 shots and he makes 7 or 8, right? But, like, last night, super efficient. The three-point shot looks so smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, just the way he attacks the rim. The defense still has a ways to go, but that's a lot of guys. Like, Zach Levine is a legit all-star. I don't think anybody can argue that Zach Levine belongs in Atlanta next month. Yeah. Jeff, let's put a pin in the Levine-Wiggins thing because it's it's old tweets exposed and it's reckless speculation Thursday, and <laughs> I have two worlds colliding here for you later <laughs> in the show that we'll get to. Uh, Doogie, yesterday, so Royce Lewis shows up and says, ah, guys, my knee's been kind of sore for a while. Um, I mean, we should check it out before we get into some of these workouts. And now he's going to miss another season. And so we're at minimum. And this is even like barring a work stoppage going into next year that could delay next season even longer for both the major and the minor leagues. He's going to miss all of 2020, all of 2021. And then however long this leaks into 2022, he's still only 22 years old in June. So it's not like he's, you know, he's not 25. So I guess that's a silver lining, but what happened? So he slipped on some ice? Like, what are you hearing about the Royce Lewis situation? Yeah, I mean, he lives near Torrey Hunter. You know, we all saw the the footage from Texas. I mean, heck, in some instances, it looked like Texas was a third-world country with people lining up to to get groceries from from their local grocery store. But, yeah, he lives he lives right near Torrey, trains with Torrey and, and Torrey Jr. And, yeah, <laughs> just the weather. He slipped on some ice. I don't have, like, intimate details. But, yeah, certainly the – the ice storm, the the snow they got down there, played a role in this. I guess his knee has been sore for a little bit. Didn't think much of it. I mean, as somebody myself about his age who tore his ACL, I thought it was just a knee sprain, you know, but decided that it was aching me enough that, that I should go see a doctor. But I don't think Royce thought, you know, when, when they did the MRI that, that it was going to reveal that, that he had torn his ACL. But, yeah, super unfortunate. I mean, by the time he gets back, Phil, realistically – it's going to be like 1,000 days between games. Like the last time he played in a real game would have been, what, the Arizona Fall League in, what, 2019. Sure, field. he saw some live pitching at CHS Field last summer, but you're right. No real games 2020, no real games 2021. So realistically, the next time he plays in a game is like this time next year, a Grapefruit League game, right? So if you go from September, early October of 2019 – to this time next year, right, March of 2022. Like, think about all that time. So, I mean, there'll be some things he can do. I mean, clearly he can work a lot on his upper body. You know, there's some things he can do in terms of of watching film. But, yeah, it's going to be a lengthy rehab. So, yeah, this is just – it's horrible news. I mean, if if coronavirus doesn't happen, like, I think there was a realistic chance Royce is either up, you know, like late last year – or certainly at some point this year. So it just it sets back the timeline big time. Yeah, and, and Duke, don't, don't forget, too, if there's a strike possibly going into 22 that, you know, that he can play, I guess, uh, in a different league if they start, um, you know, with St. Paul or something, but the Twins might not play as well. Uh, Twins news besides that, what's going on down there as far as uh, scoops in Florida? 
Well, we have our photojournalist, Jeff Briashi down there for the first few days. He'll be there again today. He's flying back tonight. So he has sent back a ton of video. I mean, what jumps out to me is Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton looks like Hercules. He's up to <laughs> 212 pounds. That's about 8 to 10 pounds more than he played at last year. I was texting with somebody close to Byron this morning preparing for, for this very question. He told me it was just Byron upping his workouts in his garage. Like, it was just him at his house in Georgia mm-hmm. working his behind off all winter in his garage, and he's that much thicker in his upper body. We'll see how it impacts him on the field. But if you see some video, shameless plug, go to my Twitter, DWolfs on KSTP. I tweeted some video on Wednesday. It's noticeable. Like, you can see that Byron looks like a different human being. Otherwise, the Twins just await for Jay Happ to – to come off the COVID list, they await Angelton Simmons' arrival. Andrew Albers should be on the field as soon as today. So he did get his work visa, so he was able to fly from Saskatchewan to Fort Myers a few days ago, but there's an intake process once you get to Florida. But Andrew Albers should be on the field here pretty quick. He told me in a recent chat, I did a Zoom with Andrew, he fully expects to start the year in St. Paul, that he'll be in the starting rotation for the St. Paul Saints. Otherwise... You know, Kenta Maeda is working on another pitch, whether that's a consistent curveball or a two-seam fastball. I was curious whether the Twins had kicked the tires recently on Jake Odorizzi. I mean, Odorizzi is still out there. I know how much Jake Odorizzi loves the Twins organization, really loves Wes Johnson. Like, all things equal, Jake would love to be back in a Twins uniform, but there just hasn't been any recent dialogue. Boys, uh, it's not often that this happens. I just this this did come out like two or three hours ago, but I'm just sort of seeing it for the first time. Reckless speculation. It doesn't currently have anything to do with Minnesota sports, but it should. The Athletic just published a story this morning. Uh, friend of the show, Mike Sando, is one of the main reporters on this, including also Michael Sean uh, Duggar and Jason Jenks about the rift between Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. Dukes and Judd and Dex, I just want to read you a couple paragraphs from this. Uh, It starts with the first half of the season, the Seahawks offense was incredible. And Russell Wilson, they were letting Russ cook, so to speak. And Russell Wilson was leading in all these different categories. And then they had a really bad game against the Rams, a 23-16 loss in which Russell Wilson was kind of rattled. He threw a couple picks, I believe. And in the locker room afterward, Pete Carroll delivered a harsher-than-usual message about accountability on the entire team and coaching staff, and then he decided he wanted to be more careful with the offense and pull the reins back on Russell Wilson in the offense. Before the Thursday night game against Arizona, Wilson met with his coaches. For some time, Wilson had sought, even pushed, for influence within the organization regarding scheme and personnel. In the meeting, Russell Wilson outlined his own ideas for how to fix the offense. His suggestions were dismissed, multiple sources told The Athletic. He stormed out of the room. Then, a few weeks later, the Super Bowl was the trigger. Russell Wilson flew to Tampa to pick up his Walter Payton Man of the Year award, and he and his wife, Ciara, watched the game in a suite next to Roger Goodell as Tom Brady battled Pat Mahomes on the field below. Russell Wilson seethed. Also, it sounds like Russell Wilson's camp, according to this article, has approached the Seahawks asking or at least inquiring about trade possibilities. And according to these reports, there's a handful of teams in the mix. The Dolphins, the Jets, the Saints, and the Raiders are named as teams in the mix. 
Uh, now, maybe maybe the Vikings were just, I don't know, omitted by mistake in this article. Um, what do you guys think of this? Doogie, what do you think of this? I mean, he's 32 years old. I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's been playing in this sort of Pete Carroll loves to run the football a lot more than other teams do. Three first-round picks is probably the starting point for this conversation. What are your thoughts, Doogie? Well, I mean, he was the NFL's MVP at the midway point of the season. And for whatever reason, yeah, they like to run the ball a lot. He fell off significantly the second half of the season. So does it make logical sense to me that there was some byplay there? That Russell Wilson was upset with Pete Carroll with Seattle's coaching staff? Yeah, that passes the old smell test. I also think if he was truly on the market, you mentioned what, four teams there, Phil? He would be an upgrade for 27 teams. Like, he is a top-five quarterback. I don't know why they run the ball as much as they do with a talent like Russ. So, yeah, maybe the Vikings weren't mentioned there by name, but I would be shocked if Seattle actually was open to trading Russell Wilson if the Vikings and many other teams at least didn't inquire. This explains his comments, though, right now, yeah. like because th- those were sort of strategic. odd. Those were sort of odd, and, and you're like, Hold, wait, wait, wait. We, we went from from nothing to this. This now explains, and they actually did show him and his wife. And his wife was talking to Goodell at the Super Bowl in a suite, and he looked miserable. He looked absolutely. Mm-hmm. My question is, is this: When did Pete Carroll morph into Zim? Because this is the Zim thing. We got to run more. We we got to take care of that football more, right? Uh, but this this again will continue the wildest um, free agency into trade period that we will ever see as far as as QBs go, Dukes. Because Watson has to be moved. I don't care what Houston says. That's BS. He has to be moved. There there will at least be talks now involving Wilson, um, Darnold. Like if you go down this entire list, this is going to be if you're a football fan the most fun you will ever have as far as the potential for pretty high name, if not star, uh, musical quarterbacks, chairs for quarterbacks. It is fun. I mean, go up and down the list of teams that that absolutely are seeking an upgrade. San Francisco, Carolina. Let's not leave out George Payton and the Denver Broncos. They are not rolling with Drew Locke. So you're right. But I do wonder, Judd, ultimately – do we see action? I think there will be talk, yep. considerable talk. Yep. Heck, I talked to Michael Lombardi, former NFL general manager on my podcast last week. He firmly believes, if it hasn't already happened, that it will happen, that the 49ers will engage the Vikings in trade talks about Cousins. You had some steam that before the Rams made the move on Stafford, that there was at least a phone call from the Rams to the Vikings mm-hmm. inquiring about Cousins. So and I think Green there's Bay, going Dukes. to continue to be a lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, though, like, all the intel is, at least right now, the Texans are not even answering the phone. Like, they're not even engaging in dialogue on on Watson. I don't think we're quite there on Seattle engaging in dialogue. So I think, ultimately, there will be a good amount of chatter. I just sincerely wonder if we'll actually see more action. Man. Yeah, I think, I think there's more to come here because – you know, we, we always talk with you going back to Major League Baseball trade deadlines, right? Deadlines spur action. And the next upcoming deadline is really free agency, right? Because teams are going to want to know, okay, what's their cap situation? What can they do in free agency? They're going to, a lot of people, people say, well, the draft is really where you might 
I think teams are going to want to know what their quarterback situation is, if possible, in the next two to three weeks. At least I would. If I'm a GM, I don't want to have to wait till a draft. Like, I want to know what I can do. And do I need to save some money in free agency to bring on a cap hit of forty million dollars? So, and, and I agree that now that you know that Carson Wentz has a price and Matt Stafford has a price, right? And 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 all these teams are looking for upgrades. There's at least a handful of teams looking for upgrades. One hundred percent teams are or will call on Kirk Cousins, and then the ball is in the Vikings' court. How much do you love him? How much do you love that contract the next two years? Do you love the idea of restructuring and adding a third or a fourth year to that contract? Or is now the time to get out? These discussions are going to come to a head, I think, in the next couple of weeks. And I am here for it, baby. This is going to be well, super 100%. Fun. I mean, Judd, you might have the exact date in front of you, but is it March 20th? So less than one month from now. Third day of the league year, yes. Kirk Cousins, yeah, the third day yep. of, of of the league year. So, yes. yeah, March 20th, right? March 17th is day one. So do the math. March 20th, that's when the Cousins contract becomes guaranteed, right? Like that 2022 number Correct. locks in. What is it? Real money, like 35 million cap hit? 45. 45 million. So Phil, you're right. Like if anything were to happen on Cousins, it's going to happen here pretty fast. I mean, I do, I do sense it's, you know, to use the cliche, the calm before the storm. Like last year, the Vikings made some news the Friday before free agency started, you know, they let go roads. They made some other transactions. Like I'm starting to think, you know, like there are logical moves. Like I don't think any of us see Kyle Rudolph back with the Vikings this year, but like just checking around, it doesn't sense like that move is going to be announced today or tomorrow that the Vikings will stretch this into early March. So yeah, I mean, make no mistake. These next like two to three weeks, just over in Egan, incredibly busy. Then as free agency ramps up March 17th, it'll become even busier. So here's my question on Kirk, though. And this is the thing that I think needs to be discussed in detail about what the Vikings approach is, because I believe that this is that this um, train has left this station. And it's this one. It sounds like Kirk very much has told them and they rightfully went to Kirk and said, can we restructure again? I know, but we need to. And for 22, they're 1000 percent right. And here's why. Nobody foresaw the cap wasn't supposed to go down because there was not supposed to be a pandemic, right, Doogie? Well, now the cap's gone down, and the cap will go back up in 22, but I don't think it's going to go near where the original projection probably two or three years back was. So that being said, if they have been to Kirk's house and knocked on the door and said, Kirk, would you please restructure? And he said, you know what? Peace out, man. Two years left. This is great. I did it last year. I am, And and he knows damn well that he's going to make a killing again in two years somewhere. It's not going to be here. Um. This is where by the third day of the league year, 2021, you have to make a decision because if you just, if you roll with the punches and say, okay, screw it, Kirk's Kirk, he he is going to make $45 million into the cap in 22, you are, I will use the term again, crippling yourself for that year potentially. Because if this cap goes, it's going down. And if if it comes up, but not to what the projection was, what are your options then? So that so this is where there has to be there has to be at least behind the scenes a resolution to that contract because you're looking at taking a massive bath on that cap. Just to add, because you're asking, like, like, what would the options be? So let's say you get to that date and the contract kicks in, and now he's he's guaranteed that 2022 salary. So then, once that happens, you can still like let's take trade aside because like in theory you could still trade him and someone could restructure or whatever. Let's take trade if it, if if you go through that date for the Vikings themselves, 
you either commit to that cap number in 2022 and it cripples everything you're trying to do. Okay, you're going to have to get rid of more players. It cripples everything. You're going to say goodbye to Thielen probably, right? Or you commit to additional years beyond the, that year. Then you're committing to age 35, age 36. So you're really looking. It's a two-year contract, but you're really looking at either a three- or four-year commitment to Cousins or be done. Like To me, those are the two choices here for the Vikings. Let's be realistic. These exact conversations are taking place right now mm-hmm. among the Vikings brass. Do I think it's universal that everybody wants to bring Cousins back? I don't. Now, do I have a sense that the Wilfs, the owners of the team, are ready to in some ways punt on the 2021 season? I don't have that sense. So until I get that sense, I still believe that Kirk Cousins is going to be the Vikings quarterback this year because he gives them the best opportunity to return to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have I have heard behind the scenes that it might be ownership that's balking at anything to do with Kirk not being here. Not, it makes complete sense, not Judd. Rick yeah, and Mike no, I didn't sing it, but yeah, it makes sense. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, reckless speculation. Judd, keep rolling with it. I mean, I'm just telling you. I mean, the Wilfs aren't getting any younger. The Wilfs have full expectations <laughs> no, that the 2021 Vikings are going to be a playoff team yep. that they can make a legitimate run yep. in the NFC. So, yeah, until the Wilfs get to that point with Zimmer and Spielman, I mean, this isn't breaking news, on the hot seat, right? Like, if it's another 7-9 and nine type season this year, I think we're talking about a new regime this time next year. So Cousins gives Zimmer the best chance for job security. Cousins gives Spielman the best chance for job security. This is what the Wilfs want. But I'm just telling you, I'm pretty darn convinced that it's not universal over in Egan that they should bring Cousins back. Yeah. Dukes, give us uh, give us like 60 seconds of rapid fire scoops. What 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 else is left here on the on the table for us? Well, we haven't talked Gophers men's basketball. So they host Northwestern tonight. The Wildcats have what a 13 game losing streak. Here's the problem, though. So Gabe Kausher remains out. Liam Robbins may gut it out, but he hasn't been practicing. His ankle might be 50%. So if you see Liam Robbins out there, just know that that's one tough you-know-what that really probably shouldn't be playing. It's still a game the Gophers should win. Then they should win Saturday at Nebraska, so they should go 2-0 and this week. Maybe that moves them. I mean, they're squarely on the bubble. You go 2-0, and maybe that just moves you up just a touch where there's, you know, four teams behind you that are squarely on the bubble. But I would say this much. The buyout of Patino is $1.75 million. I still don't have a sense that during this pandemic, after people have been laid off in that athletic department, including Patino's personal assistant, Caitlin, sweetheart of a girl, she got laid off, okay? They've cut programs. I just think the optics on giving Patino a check for $1.75 million to walk away would be really, really weird. But let's not forget, Mark Coyle is stealth, right? Like the Lindsey Whalen hire, the P.J. Fleck hire. Like, don't underestimate Mark Coyle just because he he's not real savvy in, in these types of settings. I'm telling you, behind the scenes, he he can be ruthless. So I would say this much. If the Gophers make the NCAA tournament, I fully expect Patino to be back 
if they, though, miss the NCAA tournament, like if they lose tonight, I mean, the chatter will increase significantly. Like go on Twitter at 1030 tonight if the Gophers lose tonight. I'm just telling you, if they end up missing the NCAA tournament, I think it'll be a situation worth watching. Yeah. That's Doogie. Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Eyewitness News awesome and the stuff. Scoop Podcast, Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, and the ScoreNorth app. And you can find him every Thursday. We're also in talks to maybe bring Doogie on for, for another day here on Mackie and Judd, too. So we'll uh, love it. We'll see. The more right, Doogie, Dukes. the better. Dukes, we'll talk soon, man. Bye, Darren. Someone argue that, Judd. Some people can't. <laughs> They can't stand my voice, but I appreciate the love. Thank no, I you, think it's, I think it's people that can't stand the speculation heat. And so those of you those of you who are in the speculation club here and you get it, we, appre- we appreciate you Doogie guys. and Scooby. <laughs> Doogie and Scooby. Yeah. Golf USA. Golf USA's golf show sale is going on right now. 10,000 golf items discounted to the best prices of the year. Used equipment 50% off. Golf USA has brought their amazing golf show deals back to the store for the biggest sale of the year. Inventory is limited, so get in early for the best selection. Over 10,000 golf items discounted to the best prices of the year. All used equipment 50% off. Don't miss out. Head out right now to Golf USA's golf show sale. Golf USA in Eden Prairie at the corner of Prairie Center and Flying Cloud Drive. All right, bye, Doogie. Okay, wow. Um, real quick, the scoop session powered by Federated Mutual Insurance Company, and and I've got a question for you guys about Russell Wilson, and then we should revisit the Zach Levine thing here too on Reckless Speculation Thursday. But Federated Mutual Insurance Company, helping business owners for over a hundred years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota, they recently launched My Shield, the online client destination for risk management resources. Do your employees use ladders? Think about all the things that could involve risk, company vehicles, right? Well, Federated and MyShield are here to help you put together policies and uh, response plans, risk management tools like safety training and videos, workplace posters, you name it. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. Click on MyShield or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Also, powering today's show, our friends at Whamatech. Wham attack. Love Wham attack. Wham attack. That's W A M A T E K. If you're listening or watching on a broken down phone, tablet, or laptop, shame on you. Nothing more frustrating, too, by the way. Right. Correct. But it doesn't have to be Cracks. frustrating. Yep. Not necessary. I slip on some ice. You know, I- it happens. <laughs> yeah. Dex, Dex Lewis. I can see Declan holding his phone, his computer, and a tablet all at once yep. and slipping, yep. going up, and uh, dropping all of those things. Well, Whamatech is a trusted supplier of pre-owned cell phones, tablets, and laptops, and they offer wholesale prices as well when you purchase 10 or more devices. If you don't need 10 or more, that's okay. Uh, They source pre-owned devices directly and pass the savings on to you. They'll even buy your old device for cash. Buy, sell, trade in Whamatech.com, W-A-M-A-T-E-K.com. Wow. Reckless speculation. Okay. First, a question. The speculation is that it would take three first-round picks for 32-year-old Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Who's one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL? I don't have his cap it in front of you, but it's it's high. It's like 35 or something. You guys making that call? I'm making the call. I told you two days ago, I think three first-round picks for a quarterback that good, but at that age and with that cap hit, the if I'm going to go three for him, I'm going four to Houston for Watson. Wow. He's 25. I like I, that's Russell so Wilson good. is great. And look, he's had a great career. Um, Russell Wilson's the type of guy that you get in 2009 if you're about to pop. If Vikings were about to pop, I might do this. Yep. But they're not about to pop. So part of the problem is 
Russell Wilson is super frustrated with his offensive line. Now, I will say, actually, in defense of the Seahawks, Russell Wilson creates more self-inflicted pressure, according to Pro Football Focus, than any quarterback in the NFL. By, by either scrambling or keeping plays alive, he has been credited with more, either the first or second, I think he's number one, but more self-inflicted pressures than any quarterback in the NFL. So he brings some of it on by just his style of play. But overall, you look at all the other similar Hall of Fame caliber guys, and even like like Pat Mahomes is sort of a younger version of a Russell Wilson, and he's in an offense that just empowers him to throw and, and lead, right? Yep. And Russell Wilson has been in an offense that statistically runs the ball a lot more. Like if you look at the last 10 or 11 Super Bowl champions, that Seahawks team from 2013, they ran the ball a higher percentage by far than any other Super Bowl champion. And their style hasn't changed a ton. Like Pete Carroll loves to pound the rock. He's very Mike Zimmer-like. Because you know what he is? A defensive guy at heart. (laughs) He is a defensive coach, and they want to hold the ball to run clock. And Russell Wilson's looking around saying, wait a second. I have so much more to offer here, and I want to win more championships. I'm sick of watching Brady get all the accolades and Pat Mahomes. Yep. You'd have to find either a better scheme and a better left guard to make it even appealing for him. So there'd be work to be done just to make it appealing for him. Well, you... You would have to give him so. So again, Brady is changing the dynamic here, to which he does all the time in this league. But here's the new, uh, the new dynamic, and it's been done before because Peyton did the same thing. But I think what we saw in Tampa was was about eight games of Bruce Arians telling TB, "This is what I like to do," right? And then, and then in like game nine, Tom's like, "No, no, 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 not what I like to do, though." And what happened? Everything shifted. They won a Super Bowl, okay? So if you are Russell Wilson and you go to the Seahawks, as as Mike Sandel writes, you go to the Seahawks and say, I've got ideas here. By the way, they'll probably work, which they might. And they are like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, the beginning of the end, boys, for Childress was in year one with Brad Johnson, a, you know, a nice QB, but certainly not close to a superstar. When Brad Johnson showed up, Early in the season, he, he was a starting quarterback on a Tuesday, which is the players' day off at Winter Park, and said, okay, last year with Ticey, I would come in on Tuesdays, and we would game plan, and I've got ideas. And the coaching staff and Brad said, no, thanks. Go home. That's amazing. And Brad Johnson's like, whoa, 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 what? I am a veteran Super Bowl-winning quarterback. I've got ideas. And by the way, the game plan is being installed for, last time I checked, me, and you're telling me to go home? Dude, that's amazing. But, I mean, this is the same. This is the football hubris. Yeah. This is the coaching hu- hubris. And if you're a guy like Russell Wilson, and they're telling you, you know what, dude, that's, no, that's not what we do here. This Think is about a, that. This is a, and it's funny because, like, even if you're 90% sure that the quarterback's ideas aren't really going to get used, because, listen, we just we just have a, a greater vision for this, and bring him inside the room. like. Yes. Bring him inside the room and say, like, let's listen to your ideas, but we also want to explain why we think this is the right way to go, and you're a partner in this, and let's have this discussion. Yeah. And and I can see it if it's a rookie or something. If if uh, Justin Herbert walks in the room, he'd say, listen, we hey, rookie of the year, awesome. Just <laughs> you go focus on just growing as a player and getting stronger and all these things. In like three years, we'll give you more of a voice in the room, right? But for a 32-year-old borderline Hall of Fame quarterback, to basically just dismiss him from the room, and then in your in the case you brought up, Brad Johnson, not a Hall of Famer, but like well-respected veteran in that situation. It just shows 
how oblivious to the communication and human side some of these coaches can be. Yes. How you would get to a point where Russell Wilson, mild-mannered, always goes with the flow Russell Wilson, hmm. is going on Dan Patrick's show and clearly leaking. Like, this stuff is getting leaked from his side to the athletic, I'm hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dex, are you trading three first-round picks for Russell Wilson? Hey, I... I really want the quarterback, but three first round picks. Like I would do that for Deshaun. Would you go? Th- would you rather go three for three for Wilson or four for Deshaun? Well, that's a better way to phrase it. I think I would go four for Deshaun because Deshaun's younger. Yeah, I would. I'd rather have mm-hmm. the younger one too. Mm-hmm. So much to give. Better way to look at it. Again, yeah. If you could, if you could replenish by trading, like if you could get a first back for Kirk, if you could replenish your draft capital at the same time in some way, mm-hmm. I would be much more for it. Mm-hmm. But the the other lesson learned here over the last. 12 months, three what I think will be Hall of Fame quarterbacks when it's all said and done have all gotten frustrated with their situations and have either demanded a trade or have been a free agent in Tom Brady's case. Brady, Deshaun Watson, and now Russell Wilson. And this just hammers home the point, if you've got the 12th best quarterback in the league, that's good. Like A lot of teams would, would, would like to have the 12th best quarterback in the league, Kirk Cousins, right? You date the 12th best quarterback in the league. You don't marry the 12th best quarterback in the league for ridiculous amounts of guaranteed money over the course of two and three years. And when you have a chance to go year to year on the end of that contract, unless you're knocking on the door of a Super Bowl and you just need to keep things happy, which the Vikings weren't when they signed him to that extension, it's a mistake. And because they signed him to that extension, it has basically taken them out of the Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Tom Brady sweepstakes the last couple of years. And you can sit there and say, well, I mean, how realistic is it anyways? Like, would those guys would want to come here? Well, it's not a 90% yes, but is it a 15? Is it a 25? Do you want to be in the conversation? Brett Favre played here. I mean, other guys in the past, Warren Moon played here in the 90s. It happens. So, like, to not even have a realistic shot because of all the things you'd have to clear out to make room, get Kirk over here, and then clear money and... You know, it's like to not even have a shot at Brady Wilson Watson because you got married to the 12th best quarterback in the NFL because you love to settle for mediocrity. It's been the Vikings for 60 years. Well, 40 years. They weren't mediocre in the 70s, but like you get my point. It's frustrating. And they did all of that with Kirk's contract last March to get to what? Seven wins. Seven victories. Yeah, that, that's what you get. You went but, seven and nine, yeah, and the defense was to make terrible. All those moves, right? I know, but no. But, but what they don't understand, what they what they miscalculated grossly on, is not the Cousins contract. It's the second one because Kirk Cousins again. The 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 judgment day of Kirk was 2018. It was not 2020. It was not 2019. It was 2018. That was a team. If I'm the Wilfs, I was told this team is is ready to pop. What do we need? We need a better quarterback. Okay, cool. Let's go sign that. It's a very expensive contract. Okay, cool. Let's try this. You didn't make the playoffs. Um, Now, I think that there's a reckless speculation misunderstanding here as well, though, on all of this quarterback talk, okay? And I get it. Cousins is almost certainly, as things look right now, probably going to be the quarterback for the Vikings opening day. Uh, but there, there's a misunderstanding on Watson and Wilson and QBs like this. Because I think the default of most fans is to say, they're not being traded. Houston said he's not being traded. Houston said that. All right. Ask yourself this question. When training camp or, or if we have OTAs um, going on in the spring, when those open for these teams, the question is who's showing up and who's not. Deshaun Watson ain't showing up. You, you're going to have to trade him. 
Like, everything that the Texans are doing right now is posturing. And they should. They mm-hmm. need to. Mm-hmm. But Deshaun Watson, I don't think, will ever set foot in the Texans' complex again. So it's going to make mm-hmm. no sense to say, well, then, you know what? He's retired. You're going to have to get something. And it's probably going to be a really good haul for him. Russell Wilson, I would say that they probably can repair that, at least short term. And I think he shows up. So is there a chance he's traded? Yes. Do I think he is? No. But that's the question when we are speculating on who's going to move and who's not. Just to throw a blanket of, he's not being traded because he's too good, and that's not how this works. If you're not going to ever show up again and put on the jersey of the team, you're going to have to be moved. And that's the that's the cards that you hold. And I think Deshaun Watson is very prepared to never play another down for the Texans and to play hardball. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, Russell Wilson, I pulled up his contract here just for fun. He has three years remaining on the contract. Most of the dead cap, most of the guaranteed money is in the first year here. So 2021, the dead cap hit is $58 million. So he's just super locked in, right? He's got a sign, signing bonus of $13 million spread out throughout. But his, uh, his cap hits are $32 million, $37 million, and $40 million over the next few years. Um, Still less than Kirk in 2022. Think that, that's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> like, think about this. This is just to encapsulate where the Vikings are at with this. Okay, Russell Wilson at 37 million dollars cap hit in 2022. So two years from now, is one of the highest cap hits in the NFL. He's also one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's mobile and all those things. Mm-hmm. Kirk's cap hit is eight million more than that. Mm-hmm. That is bonkers. Why are we? Why are we not seeing more discussion about that yet? Like, I don't understand. Three three days after the new league year in 2021 starts, this becomes an enormous deal. And this is less than a month, I believe, from now, I think, as Duke said. Why are we not focused more on what this is going to mean? So I think, like, my best... Is your question like why isn't there more media chatter? Yeah, and why, well, isn't, why there more... isn't there more focus on the fact that if he has said, if he has told them, I am never restructuring with you again, uh, at least for the next two years, why are we not more like it, it's as if people want this to go away and you are dropping a match um, along the side of the road in California? Yeah. And three days after the league year starts, the inferno is going to start. So March 19th is that date. Yeah. March 19th is that date. When March 19th hits, his 2021 salary is guaranteed. His 2022 salary is guaranteed at 31 and $45 million cap hits. All right? Yes. So why aren't people talking about this? Honestly, because it's kind of complicated. A lot of, like, like a lot of football fans are more like surface-level fantasy football. And would like it's more just about... Kirk as a player as opposed to Kirk within the context of the salary cap game, right? But a quarterback within the context of the salary cap game is the game. That is the game. <laughs> Literally, like, you yeah, can go back yes. and look at the last 20 years of Super Bowl champions and the quarterbacks that have led those teams 90-plus percent of the time are either a Hall of Famer where their cap hit, like, Tom Brady's cap hit matters, but it matters a lot less because he's Tom freaking Brady. And Pat Mahomes... His cap hit's going to kick in, I think, next year for the first time, like the big one. Sure. Um, like, yeah, if you have Pat Mahomes and you're paying him 50% of your salary cap, you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. But you have a better chance if if Kirk and Pat Mahomes take up the same amount of salary cap space. The team that has Pat Mahomes is going to win a lot more games because he can make up for more 
holes on the roster that you can't fill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you're either a Hall of Famer or you're a quarterback on a rookie-scale low-salary deal. That's how you win a Super Bowl. And the Vikings are doing the opposite. They have a non-elite, a good, a good quarterback who struggles in moments of clutch, which we'll point out on today's Purple Daily, by the way. Um, and he makes, in 2022, more money to the cap than any quarterback in the NFL. Right, but that is so crucial to this discussion. And re- if you want to win a Super Bowl, and remove the name Kirk Cousins entirely, and run down the list of most QBs in this league, and I don't want to pay them that against my cap in one year. No, so so like this not is if not you a, want an offensive line and a so defensive is, line. So this really is not a Cousins discussion. This is an allocation towards the salary cap via position or. By position, right? Yeah. And I will I will add to what you just said that because you said I don't want to pay any quarterback that percentage like forty five million uh, on a cap that's going to be like one hundred eighty five or something. But there's a few I would swallow hard and do it. Yeah, actually, the cap will probably be back to one hundred ninety or two hundred by that time. But still, it's a huge percentage, right? I don't think anyone, the Vikings or Cousins, intended for that money to actually be $45 million in 2022. It's meant as, it's essentially meant as a forcing point of a, re, of a renegotiation. But if he said no, but if he right now is saying, I told you a year ago I might, but now I'm not going to, what do you do? And you have to get the yes or the no now, because if you don't get, if you get the no now, then you have to trade him. Yes. You have to it, trade him if you don't, if, if he says, I'm going to play 2022, I want to play the last year so I can hit free agency one more time. Yes. That's just my prerogative. We agreed on these terms. It's your fault if you don't like it, Vikings, right? I'm going to play on that cap hit of $45 million. You cannot win a Super Bowl. You you well, you will have to get rid of too many other players. You cannot I, win a Super Bowl. I don't think you can finish 500 if he's making that much money. You are. So the players you'd have to say goodbye to. You're financially crippled. That's yeah. my point. That's my point. But but I mean, this is this is the sports version potentially of the film speed you've got a 45 million dollar cap hit rick what do you do you're at the point of the engagement where you're engaged the ring is on her finger but now you have to lock down the venue and the food now you're right committing now. money right now right now or 20, 20 grand and Let's i don't do really it. trust her i have some trepidations about him or her so we can back out of this. We can just, hey, the engagement ring, I'll swallow hard on that. Two months salary is gone, whatever. But we are about to lock in the venue and the food. Do we want to do this? I don't you want to what? do this. I want to find someone better. I love it. Or I just ma- or I just really didn't, you know, I want more time. I, I need more time. But you don't have more time. You no. are not good for me. You know what? March My family 19th, does not like you. March 19th, that credit card runs. Those cakes are being made. You know what? Call the Vikings right now and get patched through to Rick. And when Rick picks up his phone, say, pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> what do you do? Seriously, but so that, but I mean, yeah. this is a huge deal. Yep. And, yeah. and one more, and it's right around the corner. One more point of clarification. I think sometimes when we and other media outlets talk about how much money a player makes or whatnot, you know, why do you care how much someone makes? I don't like, I don't, I don't it's not about like me being right. jealous of Kirk cousins or you being jealous, dude, like go get your money and that's fine. But if you want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl, it's all about how you operate within parameters of salary cap and how much money you give to but certain players. So, And your line is 1,000% correct. It is the game. Like, this is the game. I am the game, as Triple H would say. It is. It's the game. <laughs>
So, all right, I actually have one more reckless speculation question for you guys here. It's it's. I'll start with a who says no from listener Neil, and then this will sort of spin off into a more of a Zach Levine question. He asked last week, would you guys, who says no? Carl Anthony Towns to the Bulls, Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen to the Timberwolves. Zach Levine, who has emerged into an all-star. Oh. Laurie Markkinen, who's a seven-footer who shoots threes. Yeah, and he's, he's hurt quite a bit, right? It yeah. feels like he misses a lot of games now. He does. He does miss a lot of games. Uh, for Cat? <sighs> No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I still like. I, I love Levine. I do. Oh my god, I, I do Levine. too. And, and he's fantastic. But I am still, and I might be totally wrong now. I'm still convinced that there's more there to get from Cat. And I think that with his size and ability to shoot threes and abilities to play in the posts, in in the post, I still think there's something mm. special there. So, so no. As much as it now should pain every Wolves fan that. They made the trade with the Bulls. I'm not going to make that trade back and compound it by sending Cat to Chicago. I think Cat still has untapped potential. I think some of like some of what holds him back is himself. Like he's he's got kind of a he's he's kind of trapped between like he wants to be an alpha, but he's still kind of a beta personality and almost almost needs to be the Robin. But he's just in a situation where he's clearly the team leader and everything's going to run through him. And so I think he's still trying to feel out, like, who is he? Is he the leader of a team? Is he the secondary guy? But there is no leader. Zach Levine feels like the leader. And Zach Levine, I remember, what, four or five years ago when, it, when, the, when, the, when the Bulls-Wolves trade discussions first fired up. And all of the discussion was around, well, I mean, you got to keep Wiggins. So it would be it would be a package of Levine and other things and a first round pick to get Jimmy Butler. And and I and we are wrong a lot on this show as evidenced by our below 500 batting averages. We are wrong more often than we are right and write that down. Correct. And we track those things and you can see how wrong we are on a regular basis. But once in a while we're right about certain things. <laughs> and I remember we had a discussion on this show 4 years ago whenever the timing was, whenever that trade was about to go down. And we posed the question are they sure they're about to trade the right guy? Is is Zach Levine the guy that you're going to want to trade and not have it bite you in the ass in like two or three years? And part of my reasoning for that is, and you guys have heard this story, but I went to go, like we had, we had heard all these stories about Zach Levine and Flip Saunders loved Zach Levine, liked Andrew Wiggins, and Flip had a pretty good radar for those things. And his work, we kept hearing about work ethic, work ethic, work ethic, and you hear about the Kobe Bryant stories, right, where he'd just be in the gym at like 3 in the morning and he'd get up, put a 1,000 shots up, and then his teammates would show up for practice and and be like, uh, you know, hey, hey, Kobe, how's it going? Like, you know, when would you get here? And he'd say, five hours ago. I just put up a 1,000 shots at 3 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> right? So in 2017, they had to take Zach Levine's fob to the practice facility away from him because he used to show up at like 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And he would be doing weight. He'd be doing like weights at two in the morning on the day of a game. And they were like, dude, rest matters. Like you can't just be doing this all the time. And I remember showing up one time to go interview Cheryl Reeve for a podcast. And it was the the Wolves new practice facility was just, I think the paint was just drying. And the Wolves were coming off a of back-to-back. I think it was an East Coast. I want to say they played the Knicks. And this was KG's last season as an active player on the roster. So, uh they had a back-to-back, and then this would have been like the third day after the back-to-back where they, they come home. And it's an off day because it was a back-to-back. So they're not supposed to be doing anything. And I show up to the practice facility, and there's two guys working out. Kevin Garnett just by himself on a side practice court with like three ball boys. 
covered in sweat behind the three-point line, just hoisting up three-point shots, (laughs) yelling to himself at the top of his lungs, get these mother-bleeping threes up. Get these mother bleeping threes up. And he's just like, just maniacally, he's got his headphones on. Uh-huh. And the other guy that was there in the weight room doing uh, lower body day was Zach Levine, just grinding out a weight session after a back-to-back, uh, getting his reps in. Yep. And again, that doesn't, like, a lot of guys work hard. A lot of bad players work hard. But, like, when I saw that, I was like, dude, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins doesn't seem like he loves basketball. Zach Levine seems obsessed with basketball. And look at them right now. I mean, is there any doubt who the better player is right now? No, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, that that guy that we saw last night, as as Duke said, that three point shot is so smooth, it's so good, and and he might have faults in his game. He's not the best defensive player, uh, yeah. but you right. know what? Damn, you take him. You would take him in a heartbeat. And if this, if you had made the trade that we talked about with Doogie, Wiggins to Chicago, and let's say you, you take out the swap of first round picks, okay? Marking in to you, uh, Levine stays here. Butler comes and goes. Now Butler might now Butler though might have liked Levine. He might have actually uh, been think, a little bit the, more enticed yeah. by Levine. Yeah, and 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 here and here is the fly in the ointment of why Butler might be here still. You wouldn't have given Levine the max contract that you gave Andrew back then, which we know for a fact ticked off Butler because he hadn't got paid yet. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Um, it's it's the wolves, man. It's the wolves. I was watching that last night, and I was just H- thinking to myself, him and Cat still love each other too. Before the game, yeah. they're embraced before the game, big hugs. Like, man, those two would be fun to watch together. But alas, but you did call it. Like you were yeah. a big Zach guy. I remember. I remember that. And yeah, well, I'm wrong a lot, but I was right same. on that one. Same for sure. Well, speaking of being wrong a lot, that's probably right. a, probably a good segue. <laughs> Into old tweets exposed every single Thursday. Declan goes back into the Twitter archives, which go back to 2009 for Judd and I. Mm-hmm. And he pulls tweets that we might be ashamed of. And we see who had it the worst. So what do you got first this week? All right, I have two for Phil Mackey. This is the first of the two. Oh, boy. Oh, my, oh my God. Rubio, <laughs> done. Seven is a no-brainer for Butler. Now this one, he's fine. Levine makes me a little skittish. See? I love him. That, yeah, that's good. That's good. But Cat Butler Wiggins, wow! See, I couldn't fully. It was hard at the time to fully go into that take. Uh huh. It wasn't like this is a huge mistake. It was sort of I have a bad feeling about this. Sure. You know, see, Levine makes me a little skittish. I, I love get it. Levine. I get it. Yeah. Wow! Actually, Cat Butler Wiggins did get the Timberwolves to the playoffs, though. Yeah. As uncomfortable as it was, game eighty-two <laughs> against the Nuggets. Hell of a game. Jimmy just dragging everyone along. All right. Number two from Phil Mackey. Good luck getting Butler without giving up Wiggins. That's the conundrum. Yeah. And it turned out, I think it turned out to be, well, not true, actually, because they didn't give up Wiggins to get Butler. So I was wrong. The conundrum was removed. <laughs> no more conundrum. Yeah. All right. Judd isn't necessarily damning. I just more of a question. And it's, he teased a article to the, obviously the old 1500 ESPN link that we don't have. Mm-hmm. But Judd said... On February 15th, All-Star Weekend, the dunk title is very cool for Levine, but it has me panicked that he might buy into the I like. Hype. I like it. That's very, that's very on brand. So that's very do you remember what you were like trying to instill, like buy into the hype of what, like the dunk contest, buy into the hype of like, oh, he's just a special dunker? Like what was, do you yeah, remember what I think you were was, trying to say? I don't recall exactly, but I think it was along the lines of the fact that 
that he was seen as this great dunker and this offensive player and that he might not put in the work on the side uh, to improve his overall game, yeah. which defensively I guess is sort of correct still, but but clearly he has turned himself turned into a damn good offensive right. player. Yeah, I think I remember some of the it, conversations we had brand. around that time. God, that was six years ago now. And I think if I remember right, we were looking at him and saying, great, you can jump over a bus and you can dunk. Yeah. And that's awesome in the dunk contest, but, but he wasn't with? a great shooter at the time. Yep. He's he's morphed himself into a great shooter, and it was like, all right, cool. Him. Go work on your three point shot in practice. That's what it was. Yep. Are you okay? Awesome. You can go like three sixty between the legs, and you can jump and blow out a candle. Or that was Gerald Green. But like, can you shoot a three? Yeah. And at the time, the answer was not really. But looks like you put some work in. All right, mine isn't really necessarily damning of Zach Levine, but it is a great Declan Wolves take. Mo. Buttinger. 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 I, Buttinger. I forgot about Buttinger. Gorgie will all be awesome <laughs> off the bench. Oh, my God. Levine and, and spelled, Shabazz. And you spelled Gorgie wrong. Yeah, I spelled everything wrong, Judd. Levine and Shabazz. <laughs> maybe the Rubik's Cube, but the potential is great. Oh, it's so great. Oh, Shabazz. 11.50 p.m. Declan wins. Declan oh, wins. Oh, God. Congratulations. <laughs> Declan wins. Buttinger. Bennett. You, oh, my God. Dude. Bennett was the, awful. Oh, first overall pick, right? Awful. Yeah. Dude. Big, big Canadian. Chase Budinger was that was a, he was a good mind. a good role player with the Rockets. Then he had like nine knee surgeries. He was yeah. a volleyball player, a little, little yeah. beach volleyball player. Chase Budinger, I think you might have had him on the show at one point, Phil. Probably, probably. Sure, did. he was riveting. God, sure, he was riveting. <laughs> no coal. So no, 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 no damning Zach Levine takes from me, but uh, but a. Uh, but always there's a good damn Wolves take. I win. Again. All right. I think I've won three you, weeks. You still win. Declan's the king of old <laughs> tweets exposed on this show. All right. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us on Mackie and Judd. Rom-com Rewind Friday continues wait. tomorrow with a Will Smith classic hitch. So if you want to catch up and uh, and watch that before we review that tomorrow, we, we welcome you to do so. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channels, Score North MN. And Purple Daily Podcast combined, we're almost to 16,000 subscribers between those two channels. We appreciate it. Sounds like we've just we've made a lot of new uh, Minnesota sports friends through uh, putting our stuff on YouTube. And so we appreciate if you found us through YouTube, then uh, awesome. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.